And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm not sure what date this is airing on, but it is summer, and when it's summer, I talk to my good friend, Professor Allen. <laughs> Hello, Paul. Good to talk to you, and uh, listeners. Good to talk to you whenever, whatever month, year, or decade this is re- released. <laughs> it will probably be to them before the summer is over. Okay, okay. <laughs> I would imagine, but, you know, the I don't question, know an exact date because you never know what com- what happens between now and then. I mean, the question is which summer? Because sitting here in 2017, yeah, <laughs> I have no idea when you're going to release this. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to come up with something clever, but I got nothing. <laughs> I was trying to figure out some way to make a comment about, like, a, a pandemic or something. Yes, you know, oh, I'll yeah. get it out there, barring some crazy thing like a pandemic. <laughs> uh, Mercy. So, you know, one of the reasons I enjoy having you on, and there are several, uh, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. One, mm-hmm. one of the reasons I enjoy having you on is we don't, I don't think we've ever fallen into anything where we're predictable in the books we pick. When I have you yeah, on, it's like, you know, anybody listening has got to be saying, I have no idea where these guys are going to go. And That's uh, right. There's there's no sleepwalker minute here. No. Nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be bad-mouthing, my friend, oh, the hair no, metal hero. I love the hero. I love the hero. So today yeah. we have two, in my opinion, obscure books, one from a major publisher, one from a... Yeah. Slightly smaller publisher, but well known enough. And as is always the case, I will give you the honors of deciding which one we cover first. Uh, why don't I go first? Why don't you? Why don't I? And uh, you know, I I, I will uh, recreate the text conversation that we had uh, leading up to this, which is you know a couple weeks ago. Do you want to do a daytime recording sometime? I said, I'm on vacation, but I'll be back home. You said, okay, vacation, then pick a book. And I said, well, I'm planning to hit the local comic shop, so maybe I can accomplish both. And you had an excellent response that vacation comic book stores are the best. So this was from uh, a a recent visit uh, to my dad's down in North Carolina. Uh, It's a comic shop open there about three miles from his house, six, seven years ago. And ever since, my visits to him have included a visit to, plug, Carolina Comics and more, which used to have three-for-a-dollar boxes. But I was just down there, like I say, a month ago. They had slashed prices. Are you sitting down, Paul? 
I am. Three for 99 cents. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. That's eight cents, eight and a third cents too much. Uh, well, I know. I know. But I will take the direction, the direction of that price slash. I mean, broad-based inflation, you can just stick it because they are cutting prices by a penny. I mean, come on. You can't argue with that. Yeah, that's true. And I ended up with a book from D.C. Actually, hold you, on. Wait a minute. Wait, I, yep. I just have to correct myself. <laughs> I, I was doing this as if it was a dollar. I said th- eight and a third cents. It's 99 cents, so it's only eight cents. Exactly. Exactly. My math was, my math was bad, and my, my friend, the college professor, did not catch me on it. I do. It's, it's the summer. I just let things go. Okay. See, but it, it in it in the old days it would have been eight and a third, back when they were three for a dollar, which you have to admit is pretty outrageously expensive. Three for ninety nine cents that makes all the difference. Yeah, I, I gotta agree. I gotta. Agree. Uh, it, it 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 was pretty hilarious. I I walked in there, I turned around, and I saw the sign that said three for ninety nine cents. I just laughed. Like this used to be three for a dollar, and now you're really. Okay, what? I'm not complaining. A third of a cent is a third of a cent. You know, you, you know that old saying: a third of a penny saved is a third of a penny earned. So, so at a, at a third of a penny off. <laughs> so you'd have to go to the store like basically ninety nine times in order to earn a and and buy a dollar's worth or ninety nine cents worth each time in order to have saved enough money. To make I know, purchase. I know, and even at three miles, the gas prices were going to eat that up. I know, I know. <laughs> no, that was. I was going to say that's 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 a bargain. <laughs> See, it's, I, I I was thinking genius, but okay, bargain's fine. <laughs> so I ended up with a, as you said, a book from a major comics publisher, DC. But not, not a major sure. book, though. <laughs> not a major book. This is Star Core, number three, and that is S T A R, as with with periods, as in Star Labs. So it's an acronym. It's an acronym. See, I'm showing Stan- my I'm showing my education now. And it stands for I'm not sure, but I think the T is technology. R is probably uh, research. I, I actually know. had the. Wikipedia page for StarCore open. Science. Let's see if it tells me. Advanced Uh, research. It it goes right into the books. It it actually gives descriptions of the the books, but it doesn't tell me what the uh, the acronym stands for. It's pretty close to that. Or maybe it's like S.H.I.E.L.D. and it's been a couple different things over the years. That's usually my guess. <laughs> yeah. The Society for Total Analytical Research. There you go. Okay, I got it. I just made that up. That was good. <laughs> uh, so uh, what we have on the cover, uh, this is Star Core number three, if I didn't say that. Ish- issue three of six. So you can tell why it was in the cheap discount bins. Um, <laughs> set your... Uh, Set your expectations for issue three of six, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyone, anyone who's watched Doctor Who knows what that means. Uh, so the, uh, the cover, 
We've got I'm, a guy. I'm going to start. I'm going to yep. interrupt one more time, okay. and, I, and I, this is what I do. But it, it is in the in the stories they go to various star labs. So I assume Star Core and Star Labs. The acronym yes. is the same. And Star Labs is Science and Technology Advanced Research Laboratories. Nailed it. Sure, that was one of the things I said. Yeah, I'm sure of the 40 or 50 different possible uh, definitions there were, were, you you may have given that one. (laughs) I'm sure I got all of those words, maybe not in that exact right order. So the cover shows a guy centered in a spotlight, his eyes crackling with energy, and a bunch of aliens surrounding him. It's a brainstorm. And the way so, Brainstorm uh, is written, it's like, Brainstorm! <laughs> it's supposed to be very exciting there. And he's got a, he's got a, a, a ripped you know, a t-shirt with the big, you know, red knot symbol on it. So, uh, and lots of aliens. Did I mention all the aliens surrounding him? So, that, that is what, the, that is the book that I pulled, three for 99 cents. So, the story is Star Pupil. You know, it's kind of a joke. Star Pupil. This is scripted by Dan Vado and penciled by Norman Felchley, who are also credited as co-storytellers. They are also two folks whose names were completely unfamiliar to me. The issue was inked by Mike Macklin, which is at least a name I recognize. We start in Seattle, which definitely makes this stand out as a DC comic book, because despite what you may have heard, Seattle, I hear, is an actual city. Of course, I didn't see it rain once during this issue, so clearly this is a fictionalized version of Seattle. And what we start with is a five pages of narration from Alan Barnes talking about how he rented his body out to various studies and projects, earning a living as a human guinea pig. But none of that prepared for working at Star Labs, because at Star, they sent me to hell. And we see some of the terrible dreams that poor Alan has had, running and falling and falling from space and coming face to face with a blinding spotlight. Whatever I was looking at decided to take pity on me. Back in his body, one word kept echoing through Alan's head. Mind game. Which is the name of their computer system. Which is strange that uh, you know he thought he reached out and made contact with that computer. So they go ahead and sh- shut down mind game but here's the thing mind game plum don't want to be shut down turns out that all the power in the facility goes out and alan explains why it's him the computer's intelligence it's coming and it's not happy they reach out to star labs metropolis but it's a scientist in silicon valley who has the answers Turns out that what was thought to be a fallen Russian satellite, which crashed in Australia five years ago, well, that was actually 
an alien intelligence, which it seemed like a good idea to hook up as the main Star Labs mainframe, because that is just good science. A robotic machine is approaching Alan, and in his stress, he fires energy bolts out of his eyes to destroy the machine, and then he takes out a few others as well. But after, he refuses to injure any more of the machines because he hurt him, him, it, his soul was inside those things. He turns his power on the doctor at the lab, Dr. McDonald, sending him through the same nightmares that Alan experienced at the hands of Star Labs. All the doc can say after is, oh, demons, terrible. In the wake of the power outage, the lab has to check and reboot the systems, While running a diagnostic, the accelerator turns itself on. And on the last page, Dr. McDonald gets sucked into the accelerator. Maybe I'm not totally sure. Something like that. Whatever. Something bad happens to him. The end. (laughs) Is it really the end? Because it says to be continued. (laughs) To be continued. (laughs) Okay. you know, I mean, there were a lot of DC miniseries in this era, but I got to admit, I ain't never heard of this one. I thought you were going to say, there were a lot of DC miniseries in this era, and I got to admit, this was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of this. I never okay. read it before. Uh, I you only read me it. there. I mean, I know Gordon's Law, Sun Devils, Time Masters, GCPD. I've heard Thriller. of some of those. Uh, this, there was a science police miniseries from the Legion of Superheroes that I'd never heard of Starcore. Yeah. Again, like I said, I heard of it. I've probably seen it on the stands, oh. but never really gave it a second look until now. So this is the first time, and we're jumping in the third issue out of six. Mm-hmm. So we're at an automatic disadvantage there. Just be, you know, yeah. The story's already underway. And it has more to go, so we're just kind of getting a middle chapter. Uh, I did think that if I had any investment in this at all, I would find it fairly interesting. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't have any investment, so it be- because of that, it became a <laughs> yeah. little bit more of a slog to read than it should have been. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it it, it isn't bad. Is is really you know I, I don't want it to be I don't want that to be the banner headline that it isn't bad because I think if you read all six it might you might actually say it's good. Uh, my first thought reading it, you know, and, and you know, I, I look, I don't, I don't focus art or story. I, I kind of give them equal breadth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I, at first I was, I was jumping on the artwork and at my, at first glance, I was giving it poor grades in my mind. And then when I looked at it more closely, I was improving mm-hmm. on that a little bit okay. uh i'm seeing a little bit of and I, I i don't know who norman felch or dan Vado are either so yeah. you got to take that with a grain of salt as well but uh i see in the artwork to me what looks like a little bit of a steve ditko influence yeah uh yeah and and where i see it 
in in the panels where I see it, I really like what I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones where I don't see it seem a little bit more pedestrian. Not that they're bad, but they're just you know they don't stand out to me at all. Uh, but the ones where I can kind of see that the, the shadowing his way, or the lines right. his way, or or the you know the, the strange backgrounds his way, I, mm-hmm. I really like those, and I and I feel like those are are really solid. So it's bumping up the artwork a little bit from where I would have placed it at first glance. Right. Uh, and and I you know I got a big kick out of uh, when he's in the night nightmare scape, and and he's got a, a giant. <laughs> version of his mother in a onesie chasing after him uh and and it's i can see where in its own way it's a little terrifying um, she was trying to crush him with a giant fly swatter paul don't yeah, don't a, leave that fly swatter with with uh thorn like uh i guess teeth on it or nails or yeah. whatever the heck it is <laughs> but uh you know i mean it, it it was immersive enough when i was reading it that i enjoyed it um the doctor on page seven in the bottom right, he looks to me like he could be one of, I, I forget what the, mm-hmm. in like mm-hmm. the, the, the horror anthologies where they have Cain and Abel or what, right. what, yeah. he looks like he could be one of those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, the bottom right corner again on page nine, like a really eerie looking shot of, you know, of oh, the main yeah. guy's face just looking, you know, that whole, actually that whole page, you know, done in shadows, I think it, it's pretty effective. That's that is oh. what I see as one of the Ditko influenced pages in my mind. Yeah, but but Paul, yes, he, he, you can't call him the main guy. What's his he name? Again? Made... I, don't even, I don't even remember. His name is Alan. Oh, how that, hard is that? What a, to what a forgettable name that is. <laughs> the guy's not even a professor. Please, I tell you, I tell you. Uh, so you know, like I said, overall. <laughs> I, I don't think I would go out like this, this isn't making its way onto my want list. Uh, but if this was like put in front of me in a, in a uh, trade paperback, so it had all six issues, I'd probably pick it up and read it at some point. I I did read uh, I I did pick up from the store three and four, so I did not I did not read four until fully synopsizing and 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 prepping for three. But it's 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 not bad. So you know more of the same continues the story. Sort of workman-like, professional, you know, sci-fi type story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, continuing, just looking at the art a little bit. On page 19, uh, we have an in- interesting kind of setup on the page. At the top and bottom, we have you know two close-ups that look very Ditko-esque to me. Then in the middle, we have three panels. Uh, the two side ones are larger than the middle one, and we have we have like our demonic or alien faces there. Uh, that looks to me not quite so much Steve Ditko uh, influenced, but maybe Jim Starlin influenced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, which a lot of times, honestly, I, I feel like Jim Starlin was influenced by Steve Ditko too. So, yeah. you know, it's it's a natural progression there in some ways. Uh, I, I I like the way one of the uh, the techs is wearing a shirt with, with bananas and pineapples on it. I, <laughs> not not a big deal, but I just kind of got a kick out of that. Uh, and then, it, like I said, it's interesting to see where, where they're going to bring this story. So, again, I'm not going to chase it down, but if it was placed on my lap, I would definitely read it, and I would mm-hmm. probably enjoy it. And have you gone on to read issue four? Yes, I, I, I have read four. So it's fine. You know, it does. Again, it sort of c- continues the story in this in this vein. Does it make you want to read five 
Again, if, if it's I, if it's available if to you easily. Five and, if I found five and six together, I'd I, I, I'd pick them up. Just just to see how it ended. It's not on the DC app. I checked. Mm-hmm. But if I found five and six, you know, finish it up. I would. Yeah, for those of you listening, just to to give you an idea of how dedicated a guest <laughs> Professor Allen is, he takes the book when he gets it, and he sits there with his scanner and he scans each page individually and sends it over to me. So. That's that's how I'm reading it, and I appreciate that effort on his part. And and only some of those pages turn and turn upside down for some reason. I think which only, I've never figured out, but that's okay. I think only one only of them few, was upside down. Okay. I think page fourteen <laughs> was upside down, but I think everything else there was right go. side up. There you and go. well, and the cover <laughs> the cover is kind of lengthwise. Well, I mean, I, I, obviously, I do that to get the uh, to get the you know the back to the bin audience is is, is worth it. There you go. You know. <laughs> uh, you know what I do. I'm like I'm, I'm reading this and I'm trying to wonder, like where uh, Dan Vado and Norman Felch are looking to go with this. And again, I I'm not familiar with those names at all, so right. I can't even say you know these these are young people trying to get into the industry. For all I know, they were golden age creators who who made one last uh, ditch effort at it in the 1990s. I don't think so, but you know anything could be I, true there. Um, I did see that Vado now works at or maybe even runs um, Slave Labor Graphics, um, Slave Labor Publishing. Which I'm not familiar with. So he so he has gone on he so he has stayed in the uh, in the comics in the comics world you know as a independent publisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like like I said, I was wondering like if they thought this was going to lead to bigger things in the right. Star Labs or Star Core uh, world, like they were going to get you know we're going to give you a, a regular monthly. Or if they were just hoping, hey, we're going to just show what we can do here, and you can give us something else to do. You know, like, like I wonder where right. their goals were with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they had a bigger story to tell. So you know that that's just kind of a an unrelated thought to the book itself, right. but I'm just kind of curious. Uh, but I like this era of of DC when you would get these just these miniseries. You know, really not connected to anything else, not not spinning out of an event. Not that's part of, you know, the annuals for the year, just a, in this case, six issues, but, you know, three or four or six issue, beginning, middle and end, boom, of a complete story. Mm-hmm. And while we're not familiar with Star Core, uh, Star Labs is you know, exactly. very big in, in DC, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's tied into the greater universe. And, you know, as, as I started to say, if they, if they did, if DC said, you know, this this was a great series and we'd like you to do, you know, an ongoing, I'm sure they could come up with something to do. Yeah. The um, one, one of the other ones I remember from this era, before or after, was the private investigator series, Nathaniel Dusk. Say Don McGregor and Gene Colan. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they just and they just they did a mini series. Then I guess the next year, the year after, they did a second four issue miniseries. Right. You know, so I think you know that's a you know that's a model that a yeah. lot of the lot lot of the independents, the smaller publishers, are going to. You know, is that that uh, series of miniseries? Yeah, I saw that 
more so in the 2000s where they'd come out with the six issue seri- yeah, series right. yeah. and then you know th- it would pick up right from there They're like there wouldn't even be a gap in time but the next series would start at issue one and it would be another six right. it would be each star- story arc was its own series effectively right right which that, and then, that that certainly could have worked for this I yeah think. I, I, I always liken that to you know to a series of novels you know to mm. De- detective novels, or you know, uh, uh, you know, Tom Clancy novels, or or, or whatever. Or yeah. it's it's similar, or in its own way, to uh, the 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 model for television that you know is is more right. linked with what they've done in England, and now we've started right. to do it more here on the streaming services, where you know we'll have a season that's six, seven, eight, whatever episodes long. I think ten is pretty much the usual. Yeah. Uh, and and it'll tell one storyline, and then it'll end, and then the next season picks up with the same characters, you know. And some there'll be some lingering storylines that go on, but a lot of times it'll be another right. story arc in the next one. And and in in some of those, I don't know about the, you know the production side of it, but that second season could be released eight months later, twelve months later, twenty months later. You know, there's not a specific consistent release time for that yeah i i am finding that when we've been doing this and a lot of these are stories where the storyline is ongoing uh i'm going to use ozark as my most recent example Mm -hmm. of it Mm -hmm. you know the storyline was obviously you know continued right up and you know they end on kind of a cliffhanger effectively uh and a lot of times there's such a, a lag between seasons that when the new season starts you're like, okay, I have no idea what happened last at the end. And uh, what, what I've taken to doing is when, when the new seasons drop, I'll go to YouTube and, and look for a recap of the previous season to just kind of remind myself of where we were. Uh, I, I actually just had to do that this week with my son because we started watching the new season of The Boys on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. And it's been, I don't know, over a year, I guess, since the last season. Right. Yeah, I was, I was flipping through Netflix recently and just saw the notification that i guess would be the third season of the umbrella academy is coming out soon i can't remember when the second season was a couple of years ago i mean there's covid's been been, been part of that delay I, yes. I, i'm sure on 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 a lot of things but but still it's not like it it's not like in the old days paul when every september you'd get your new tv series would start yeah. right yeah and i and i i I like what we've got, what we get from TV now, but I do kind of miss the predictability factor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and my my understanding of you know trivia that would fit with the TV uh, series is, uh, do you know why they started the new series, new seasons in uh, September? Kids going back to school. That was what I thought for many many yeah. years. I thought, okay, you know what? After a summer where everybody was going out at night, kids were off the next day and the parents would let them stay out for a while uh you know now now we know school is starting and everybody's going to be home and we could start the new series because the you know there's going to be more potential viewers i thought that for years and years and years until i learned and i believe this is the case i can't give you a source of uh to, to authenticate it but i learned later that no the reason they want to start the new season in september is because that's when the new cars are released so there was a lot uh, of a lot of advertising to be had Gotcha. Well, this always comes back to one very fundamental fact. Ka-ching. Call listeners, <laughs> you can take all of this, uh, uh, and and uh, 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 your life will be 
You will understand life better if you understand this. And that is the answer to all of your questions is money. Pretty much. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of sad to say it, but yes. But, but that makes sense with, with model years for cars. I believe that's still the case. I think the new new yeah. uh, re- new cars are released in September, so the mm-hmm. you know that that's why it's also the best time to buy the the cars in the year that you're in in September right. because mm-hmm. they want to clear all of those off the lot. Right. So, so that's my car buying tip for everybody. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 quick. You mentioned Star Labs. Uh, just in general, I will say that was one of the positive things about the CW shows, especially the Flash. They really did, uh, you know, center, you know, mainstream uh, uh, Star Labs, and and they even they branded Star Labs to such a degree that Mrs. Quarterbin herself has a Star Labs T-shirt wow. that she uh, sports on the regular when she's feeling especially geeky. I find Mrs. Mrs. Quarterbin to be a, a very tolerant person. <laughs> yeah, she'd have to be, wouldn't she? That's what I'm saying. And then, you know, <laughs> I think that that is reflected in most of the, the podcasting spouses. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I don't know. Do we have any... We've we, we really kind of gone far from the book itself. Uh, do, do we have anything else to say about this one, or should we rate it? No, let me let me uh, move into grading it, and uh, you know the cover, you know by exact technical definition, it has to have a passing grade because it worked, right? I was flipping through boxes, and I grabbed it out, and then you know I had no, I grabbed out fifteen you know comics or so. I ended up buying twelve of them, so but it it pulled pulled my attention enough to grab it out, and then it. It passed inspection on the second, you know, the second pass through, especially when I found, when I found issue four. Um, I mean, it, it literally attracted me enough to buy it. Is it awesome? No. Is it iconic? No. But it's good. And like I said, it worked. So it has to be, you know, at least above average. I don't know, C plus. I mean, it worked. It did. It did exactly what it was intended to do. Now it did it in my case, 28 years late, and you know more than a dollar discount. But still, the cover still worked. Uh, the inside art, you know, some of the positives that I have to say, Meg, I, I, I agree with you on, on 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 a lot of what you said. Also. Some of the positives, I'll say, will be in terms of the lack of certain negatives. This is 1994. I mean, you you could imagine some extra stylized, extra. I mean, and it, it 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 is stylized, but it's stylized in a sci-fi manner, like like we've talked about. So it's not the extreme art of the era. It 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 avoids many of those sort of negative associations or negative tropes that you might have from the era while also being, you know, in nightmare realms and, you know, dreamscapes and like I said, opportunities to, to give some Ditko influences and, 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 uh, so on. Uh, it presents mostly normal characters and sort of a normal world. 
uh, with these out of the world parts uh, executed as as well. So again, I, I think it's I think it's fine. B B minus ish. Uh, the story. Yeah, I mean it's it's fine. It doesn't really pack a punch, you know, necessarily. Um, you know, there's probably a reason that I'd never heard of this until seeing it in a three for ninety nine cent box. Um, it is strange though, just what books just come and go, like without a ripple. And and this isn't even one of those series that's, you know, it's not despised, it's not mocked, it's not made fun of. I think it's just not remembered. You know, it's I don't know that I've ever heard anybody, you know, uh, uh, mention this this series in passing in any way. You know, negative, positive, or or neutral. It's like it's had no impact, no legacy. It's 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 like it never happened. But that being said, it's beyond competent. It tells the story, even with that headwind of being issue three of six. You know, stuff stuff happened, and I give it some credit for you know telling a you know pretty decent story without heroes, right? In a world of you know, in a DC universe of heroes. So it's it's fine. Again, B-ish, B-minus. Overall, you know, mid to low B. Now, in, in the interest of full disclosure, we mentioned um, we're recording this in the summer. And I, I, I don't know if I'm a little rusty about assigning grades, you know. <laughs> but when I'm not, you know, but and, and, and also, you know, when I'm not dealing with, oh, what are those people called? Students. Students, yes, thank you. Um, when I'm not dealing with them, I'm a pretty easy grader, I think. You know, in the summer, I'm just a much more mellow, much more kind fellow. Oh, so that's what I say, mid B. It's a kind and gentler professor. See, well, I got to tell you, I think. Well, you didn't give your overall, did you? Yeah, mid B. Okay. So okay, now having heard all of your grades, I would say I am in agreement with uh, all of them. I, mm-hmm. I don't really detour off of any of them. Uh, as far as the cover goes, you know, it's competent. It's 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 fine. It's like you said, a C C plus. Uh, it really is dependent on what your willingness is to veer off of the, uh, you know, the the, the well known heroes and read something that has, you know, li- right. little little name recognition and you know there star labs is something that we've heard of most of the people so you know that might catch your eye a little bit but then you can look at the cover and you can either decide whether to buy it or not uh and and i think it, it effectively gives you a sneak peek into what you're going to get inside without giving away you know any spoilers so i, I you know I, I think it's it's fine in particular the way our main character alan is drawn uh that mm-hmm. really struck me as very Ditko esque, especially on the uh, the ha- the cross hatching on his uh, on his pants. Uh, it just looked very Ditko to me. Uh, I don't know if I would have picked this up, but certainly it wouldn't. The cover wouldn't make me uh, shy away from it if I was inclined mm, right. to try and uh, yeah. you know try something new. Uh, the interior art, like I said, initially I was kind of coming down on it until I looked more closely, and then I liked it more. The more I read it, the more I liked it. The more closely I looked, the more I liked it. Uh, so I think you know a B is probably a very fair grade on it. 
the story the story is where I had a little bit more of a tough time thinking of how I would grade it because I feel like what I want to do is I want to grade the entire six issues and I can't because I only read one right yeah. Uh, so I feel, you know, like I, I, I my natural incomplete, my natural inclination would be to just write <laughs> INC on it. Uh, right. But that's not what we're here to do. We're here to rate this issue. And what this issue does, as far as I'm concerned, is jumping into the third issue. Uh, it doesn't make me feel like, oh, my God, I didn't read the first two. Where are we going? And it does make me want to pick up issue four to see where it does there go. go. So in that regard, I think it, it definitely succeeds in telling a story that, that you know, is interesting to me. So I think it's a B for that. And I would give the book overall a B, as you did. And uh, I think, you know, uh, it's it's a better choice than it seemed to be at first blush. And by better, I don't mean better. No, that I, it, I, that I agree it, with that. I, I don't mean that it, it, it's better that oh you know uh, you know it, it, it gives more discussion or anything like that. I mean better in that when you glance at it, you think eh, and then you but it, but when you think about it more, it starts seeming better than it, than it did when you first finish it. But I and and I do think it's reasonable to, to be nervous, uh, you know, for for both of us to read a series from DC that either we'd never heard of. Or we're not familiar with at all. I mean, you know, you, you, you have to be a, a, a little hesitant if there's something from, from one of the big two and you just don't know of it or don't know much of it. It's, I mean, it's, there's a little, you know, your a, a, antenna go up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. But overall, you know, it's, it's, it's one that I can walk away from it and say, I'm glad you got me to read this because it's something I would not have read otherwise. And I found it interesting. There you go. So uh, I went a little slightly more mainstream, but not really. Uh, And I chose Popeye number one from 2012. Uh, And like Star Labs, this was someone I'd never heard of. No, I think I can't (laughs) say it with a straight face. See, now, now the thing is, Popeye, before I get into this issue, I think pretty much universally, certainly people of our age and era are, you know, all very familiar with the character. I don't know much younger people if they are or not, but we're we're all very familiar with this character from the Popeye cartoons. I don't think there are very many of us who are familiar with Popeye from Thimble Theater, which was the newspaper strip Mm, that he was introduced in, Uh, and I'm familiar with the fact that that's what you know the forum that he was introduced i've seen some uh you know some panels from it and all but it's not like i've sat down and read them all either Uh, but what we do in those is we get characters that were disregarded for the cartoons you know in particular olive's family uh her brother castor oil uh her, her father i think is coal oil and uh her mother her mother i think is just mama oil uh, and then there were other characters that were not in the cartoons of the uh, the early cartoons, I guess probably from the 40s or you know whatever era they were drawn in. Uh, but they were in the cartoons that I think were made in the 60s, like Eugene the Jeep and the Sea the Sea Hag and right. the right. the Goons. Uh, you know they, I, you know they, they aren't in the classic Popeye cartoons. They're in right, the later true. ones. That's true. But now, now, and do they have 
uh, Oil's family, I, I, I assume they have like a large, you know, cousin, cousin Big Oil. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that they do. I think that they may have written in, these before I mean, Big in, Oil was really a thing, <laughs> or they may have created these characters before that was a thing. Uh, you know, they do have some of them in the. 1980, I'm tempted to say, movie with Robin Williams. I'm pretty sure Caster appears in that. Uh, you know, so we do have some of the some of those characters in there. But again, these these are characters we're not all totally familiar with. Uh, and uh, this series, as I understand it, is drawn in much in the style of the Thimble Theater cartoon uh, comic. Hey, I guess comics. Uh, mm mm-hmm. Or comic strips, it would probably be a better way to say it. And uh, it's one, you know, the, the, the cover is is a takeoff of uh, Action Comics number one. It's got Popeye lifting up, you know, a, a I guess a 1950s roadster mm-hmm. uh, and smashing it. And then you have Wimpy running away and Olive Oil running away. <laughs> and Sweepy kind of just on the ground admiring him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's you know certainly it, it makes no effort whatsoever to hide the fact that it's no it's no. Action Comics number one, and the story is uh, Popeye in the land of the Jeeps, and it opens with Castor Oil coming home to his family and talking about the fact that uh, he's found out about a mysterious island where Eugene the Jeep would have come from, and he wants to start an excursion to go and uh, capture a Jeep. So that Eugene can uh, procreate and they can make a lot of money off of it, which doesn't Listen really up. sound so like a nice thing. Rich, rich, rich. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they they approach Popeye, who is uh, working on the boat of Bill Blackbeard, uh, who's who's lent him the boat, and they talk him into going for the uh, for the, for the excursion. So they leave on that, and at the last second, Wimpy runs on to join them to avoid a uh, a check that he's overdue on. Uh, he's keeping eye up in the uh, the crow's nest, and while they're doing that, Bluto is following, uh, and and for reasons that just are never explained, he's always got a kind of a it up his uh, he he's just always chasing Popeye for some reason, and he's got a harpoon gun that he can use to to shoot at him uh but but first he uh well actually he shoots it it hits popeye in the butt but does no damage whatsoever uh it's what is he he's got the height of a sherman tank according to pluto and then he he sets a shark free on him this is an interesting sequence he sets sets a shark free and it comes up attacking the back of the boat a la jaws uh, Popeye dives into the water and throws the shark onto the uh, deck, uh, unconscious. Uh, after which uh, he goes and he confronts Bluto and, and gives him a beating. But while this is all going on, Wimpy cuts apart and eats the entire shark. And not sushi style either. He's got a little burning, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little burning area where he's cooking the shark steaks. Uh, so Popeye sinks Bluto's ship and then leaves him and his mate uh, on on some wreckage to float and he kind of gets tired of, of Wimpy's shenanigans and he puts him out on a uh, on, on a what you call, on a life raft or life whatever uh, whatever you call it Light, lifesaver yeah. yeah lifesaver uh, and he says you know we'll come back for you after we come back from the life, land of the jeeps uh, as they approach they, they come uh 
they come up onto the sandbar and they hear music playing, which is kind of entrancing them. And it looks like there's a siren of some sort playing a uh, harp that's that's got the boys uh, under their spell. But Olive resists it and she comes over and just punches the siren in the face. And eventually it's revealed that it's the sea hag. Uh, and she, she releases a giant jeep to attack them. But Popeye gives it one shot in the mouth and then another shot across the chops and he's down for the count. Uh, and then that releases him from the sea hag's uh, spell. That along with Popeye breaking up her harp. And then he becomes a friendly giant jeep. And they go walking off. And while that's going on, we cut back to Wimpy, who comes across Bluto. And they're both floating where they were left. Uh, Olive goes to kick the sea hag, and she dis- she disappears. And then they get back onto the boat, and they... Uh, was it? Oh, they have... Uh, Popeye has diamonds from, uh, from the sea hag's creature... Uh, that fell out when he punched it in the mouth and Olive and and Castor start dancing around because they're going to be rich but then uh, Popeye says well after they pay for all the damage to the boat and everything that they did (laughs) they'll have enough money left for a slap up meal at Roughhouse's Cafe Uh, (laughs) so they return home where Alice the the goon is watching Sweepy he comes back to Popeye (laughs) and they're living happily ever after while Wimpy and Bluto are floating I guess back towards uh, <laughs> towards land, and I just like Wimpy says. Uh, By the way, I insist that you join me this evening for a fish supper. You bring the fish, <laughs> and that's the end of the story. So it's 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 I mean it's a fairly simple story, but it it's probably, and I say probably because I don't know for sure, but it's probably very reminiscent of the type of stories they told, you know, mm-hmm. when when Popeye was first introduced. Uh, overall, I kind of was charmed by the art. Uh, you know, just just the cartoonish nature of it and the Popeye character and all the different characters. Uh, but the story, I would have hoped for a little bit more humor. Most of the humor that I found somewhat uh, amusing was just the way Popeye would say words. Uh, and, you know, yeah. they would spell them the way he pronounced them. Like provisions is spelled P-E-R-V-I-S-H-U-N-S. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that I, I yeah. found somewhat amusing but the story itself kind of lacked a little bit as far as overall amusingness mm-hmm. uh, but I'm curious what you thought well I like the uh, when you said he you know, they throws the shark you know back up you know and the uh, the shark has an X over his eyes you know that's how you know he's un- unconscious I like that one right um, yeah most of the most of the jokes either are like you said they're either you know Popeye you know lingo or they're something related to wimpy you know and I thought I I, I thought the idea that uh, you know wimpy really wanted to go on this expedition because he's staying you know one step ahead of the the, the restaurant tour chef that he owes uh, uh, and 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 unpaid bill to. That's why he's so anxious to run onto the run onto the to the boat as it's uh, pulling out of dock. Uh, and the uh, yes the 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 harpoon that they fire into in into Papa, uh, Popeye's buttocks. Uh, they're saying, oh, these hornets that are these wasps that are stinging me. And then he said, yeah, I guess a little uh. 
little one, uh, no, barely felt the one that that stung me. And of course, it's you know, it's a harpoon with a you know, severely bent <laughs> a point at, at at the end of it. And I, there was one reference that I liked uh, a lot. This was uh, uh, Bluto and his boys on the top of page eight, because it's a reference to the great uh, Captain Haddock in the Tintin series, where uh, 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 Bluto exclaims in one of Captain Haddock's famous phrases, billions of blistering blue barnacles. <laughs> so that is a that is a a a, a Tintin reference, which I uh, which I appreciated. Uh, that one is probably know, lost on most people. I only have a exactly. passing recollection of seeing mm-hmm. Tintin when I was a youth, and I, mm-hmm. I never did see the movie that they made. Uh, right. But yeah, that's that's one that it, you know that's kind of a deep cut. Yes, and you know I've 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 read a lot of comics, Archie's and the Ducks and Sad Sack and whatever, and. I, I do give some extra credit to a kid's comic that tells a full-length story, you know, 22-page story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's worth – that is noteworthy, you know, in, a, in these days of shrinking attention spans for these kids. You know, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it demands a level of sustained attention. You know, I, 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 I love Archie books, but, you know, their, their basic, uh, you know, traditional – no standard setup is that four or five page stories. Right. So you know, a a twenty page story in a kid's book stands out. Yes, I, I think this would have been. And, and let's start off with I enjoyed reading this, so I don't want to make it sound like I'm blasting it too mm-hmm. much. But I think it would have been jumped up a level if there had just been a just the slightest bit more creativity to the humor. Uh, I think I would have, yeah. you know, or, or mm-hmm. actually not so much creativity as just slightly more sophistication to it. Stuff that you read and you sure. look at it and it, it, you know, and it just kind of makes you think about it and then laugh. If there was just a little bit more of that, I, I think I would have, it would probably bump it up another half a grade right there. When I saw the cover, obviously there's the, uh, the Action Comics 1 homage. But beyond that, I thought maybe I'd seen this before. And flipping through my records, because, you know, I'm an accountant, so I keep records, I realized that I had read this before. Um, back in 2016, my good internet friend, uh, Joe Crawford, Sir Iowa's Joe, sent me this issue plus later issues 9, 10, and 11. Um, so I'd read these five, six years ago. Now, obviously, the story didn't, you know, I didn't, didn't uh, you know, obviously remember a thing about the story. Uh, but I remember having that 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 uh, the physical comic, you know, beyond obviously beyond the art, beyond the action one homage. I could have I could have swore I've seen this Popeye version of this cover before. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I, I, I'm wondering if there was much of a market for these. I have no idea how this did. Uh, I would think that like somebody who wanted to get their kids to read comics might pick this up. Yeah. You know, if you have like a yeah. like a nine year old or some somewhere in that range, maybe eight year old. Yeah, I th- I I I think this specific run from uh, IDW did twelve issues, but that just may have been the length of the license that they bought. You know, and I think you, you, it, you sort of never know how those details are you know factored in, in in part of that calculation. If my memory is accurate, and once again it may not be, but if my memory is accurate, I think this was 
released simultaneously uh, with a series called like Classic Popeye or something like that, which took the old Thimble theater strips and and right, that would make sense. Them. So it was you know a little bit of a pushing the Popeye uh, brand to see if it would uh, catch fire. I I know that a lot of the um, IDW Dynamite. American mythology. A lot of those companies that uh, that uh, purchase these you know, older licenses will will do that. Will um, either include in an issue a new story plus an old you know classic reprint, uh, or like you said, have you know two ongoing series. You know the new the new stories plus a reprint series going at the same time. Right. So I remember I read. Maybe been Three Stooges or Laurel and Hardy, uh, one of those, maybe both of them, which we, which did that in a you know in a 22 page comic would have you know an 11 or 12 13 page new story and then have a have a reprint from you know the 50s, right? You know in the same issue. And those, see, I, I think in my opinion, I think this would have a greater chance of success than those, not because mm-hmm. Popeye is better than the Three Stooges. But because I think the Three Stooges books were dependent upon you being a fan of the live-action Three Stooges in order to follow through yeah. to the comic book version. Uh, and there's obviously a big difference between slapstick comedy on the screen and comic book comedy uh, and live-action in comic books. So I think you know it's, it's, a, right. it's a much bigger yeah. jump to begin with. So, so I guess, you know, I mean, with all of that in mind, I, I just think that the Popeye would be a slightly easier sell because you're selling it yeah. for what it is as opposed to what it's connected to. Right. Although right. you are probably trying to get an element of nostalgia out of the sure. parent who's going to buy it for the child. But I think the child might be able to relate to the story more quickly. And, right. and it does have... A feel, you know, you mentioned like the four or five page Archie stories or, you know, that that along those lines of that kind of genre. Uh, this does have that kind of feel to it that it's, you know, like it's like, please don't take this too seriously. Just read it <laughs> yeah. and, and, and right. let it go. Uh, and, and it does have that that element of the, you know, the, the speech by Popeye, which I think is probably more to appeal to a slightly older audience and, and you know, make right. us. uh Smile. On the other hand, it is also teaching, you know, if you're buying it for young children, you're teaching them the wrong way to pronounce and spell things. So I don't know <laughs> if that's really the best thing in the world. But, you know, hey, be that as it may, they, you know, they, they can, we, we could just have a whole new banning of comics based upon that. <laughs> Bad grammar. Uh, one one of the things I noticed in the credits that, that uh, stood out to me, was that the colorist for this was Luke McDonald, who I think of as an Iron Man artist. Yeah, didn't he, in, he do in, it after, after in, the in, in the nineties? Yeah. After uh, I mean, Bob Layton was no longer doing it. Yeah, it was a long time. Okay, yeah, you know, that that uh, is that name is familiar. List. I wouldn't have. Uh, yeah, and he's uh, and he's. Uh, Doing doing the color work here, which I thought was interesting. Now, one of the interesting thoughts I had when reading this was, hmm, there was never a point in this where Popeye ate a can of spinach to get strong. He did mention eating your vegetables. That was a sort of a throwaway. That was that that was one of the jokes 
was something about you're not going to do this or if you ate your vegetables. I did catch that, but yes, he does not specifically does not specifically eat his spinach. That's a good point. Yeah, that's. I mean, that was to me that was always a staple of the Popeye. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You always had that moment where he was ready to be defeated. Squeezes, squeezes the can. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that, that, I, I don't know why that's disappointing to me, but it yeah, is. That's a good point. That's a good point. So I guess uh, I guess I can grade this. Uh, I like the idea of doing it as an Action Comics number one, uh, mm. you know, homage on the cover. I think it's a well done Action Comics number one homage. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to give the cover. I, I can only give homages so much grades, though, or so high of a grade, because it's, you know, by its very nature, it's going to lack some originality. Uh, so I'm going to say a, a solid B on the cover. I, I don't think you can, I, again, I don't think you can really get an A on an homage, or if you can, it's going to be a very, very rare one. Uh, the interior art, I think, is consistent with what I would expect from a Popeye cartoon and comic. So I'm going to say a solid B on that as well. And the story, I would give the story a higher grade if it just had a little bit more humor to it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say a B minus, but it could have been better. And overall, I'll give the book a B. And I, yeah, and, and I think just, you know, as a final thought on it is when you buy this, you kind of know what you're getting. And it's, it's getting a B yeah. grade because I think it delivers on what you should expect to get mm-hmm. from it. Right, right. Uh, I... I, I I did find the reference I was looking for. It's on page ten. He says, "I ain't bothered on a." He, he's getting he'd gotten thrown into the water. I guess I, I guess it's when he tosses the fights the shark and tosses the shark up on the on the boat and says, "I ain't bothered on account I am a good swimmer and he eats me spinach." That was the only reference to spinach or vegetables. Mm-hmm. Though he did not he, he did not pop the can to uh, to uh, to power up specifically uh, during the but but yeah like you said in the in in the cartoons that was as you know as as predictable as you know bill bixby hulking out right you 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 needed that you needed that scene uh my but uh overall my grades are you know basically basically the same as yours you know this was an homage you know to, to action one which you know in a weird way you know from a certain point of view the cover is Sort of iconic, right? I mean, that's, that I is mean, true. You know, if, if 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 you want to call it artistic stolen valor, you know, maybe. But you know, it 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 catches the eye. You know, it it uh, it 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 registers uh, with the viewer. So I struggle to go lower than a B. You know, because it uh, you know it 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 is doing that and it does it well. You know. It, uh, with the uh, you know with all the side characters running away, you know it's framed correctly, so it it it, it does all that well. Again, the the interior art I thought was solid. It really does hit on what I think of a sort of a classic animation look. Uh, so it was very good. Um, a story. Uh, so I'd give a, a B to the cover, B to the art. If I didn't say that, uh, like I said, read a lot of uh, kids comics, including some that do tell full length stories and. It's not really fair to compare a lot of comics to the really good Uncle Scrooge or Donald Duck stories of Carl Barks or Don Rose or, or Tintin or even the best Archie stories. You know, it's sort of a that can be a tough standard. I don't think this got to a couple of smiles, a couple of funny moments for me, mostly with Wimpy, but not really enough 
So, you know, C plus on the story. And overall, this is a weird thing to factor in, especially since I read this one digitally. But I went back and I found my notes, you know, for when I read these the, the first time around. And the actual physical uh, the actual physical comic struck me, at least uh, uh, issue one, of being like really good quality printing, good quality paper. Like that was specifically, you know, noticeable. And that's an era where kids' books sometimes come up short, like that's a corner they think they can cut. Um, but they didn't hear. So even though I read this digitally, I have read it in person, in real life before. So I'm assigning an extra uh, a bonus point uh, 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 for that uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, publication, uh, uh, publishing uh, feature. Um, so overall, again, nice, standard, solid B. And as you said, it uh, uh, perfectly acceptable for what it was trying to do. Meets expectations would be the employee uh, e- evaluation I'd, I'd give of this comic. <laughs> well, we're so corporate. <laughs> All right, so I guess that's it for for now. Uh, as always, I want to thank you for coming on with me, Professor. It's always a good time. And uh, why don't you tell everybody who probably already knows anyway where they could find you. Thank you, Paul. It is always a pleasure uh, to be here on Back to the Bins, part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Uh, Most of our work can be found at Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Uh, You can find my solo shows, The Quarter Bin Podcast, Doom Speak, The Comics Reading Journal, as well as a show that occasionally, sometimes, possibly, M and I do together the short box showcase. Fingers crossed for that one. And then the two of us also have a side project that we've been going on for five or six years now, I think, called Dorkness to Light, which has its own separate feed. And over there we talk about the specifically spiritual or religious or theological content that appears in various items of pop culture, including comic books. So that is where you can find us. And again, always good to be here. Truly a pleasure. And every once in a while, there's an anniversary episode and I come on. Just just to kind <laughs> of spoil the anniversaries. <laughs> but uh, thanks again. Thanks again for coming on. It's Like I said, it's always fun. And I hope it's been fun for you that are listening. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. 20 simoleons on checking the What am I? Some kind of judge or lawyers? 
<laughs> Maybe not, but I know what law suits me. <sighs> Careful, they don't ruffle me feathers. What am I? I ain't no physicist, but I know what matters. What am I? I'm Popeye, the sailor. And I am what I am, what I am, and I am what I am, and that's all that I am, cause I am what I am. You got it? I think so, yeah. And I've got a lot of muscle, and I only got one eye, and I never hurt nobody, and I'll never tell a lie. Top to me bottom, from the bottom to me top. That's the way it is, till the days that I drop. What am I? I am what I am. Wondering about myself, to be or not to be, who's asking? I can open up an ocean, I can take a lot of sail, I can lose a lot of waters, and I'll never have to bail. With the coast of Madagascar, grab the whale by the tail. What am I?